What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Visitors Bullpen. I'm Matt Wyrick with Kevin Haswell. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. You know, if you talk to me on Monday, I would say that we have our two World Series teams, but uh, the tides have really turned. You know, the Yankees have won three straight, taking a three-two lead over the Astros, and then you know, even the Cubs trying to stay afloat with a three-two win over the Dodgers last night. They're down three-one. Who knows? Maybe a three-nothing comeback after 2016 three-one comeback in the World Series. So. But baseball, always always keeping me on my heels, but it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, it'd be the first time since 2004 when the Red Sox came back from 3-0. Um, Going to be a good matchup tonight, too. Kershaw-Quintana uh, on the hill for both teams. Kershaw struggling in the playoffs, per usual. Seems to be a trend with him. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if he can get the revenge from earlier in the series and shut the door on the Chicago so that Dodgers can punch a ticket to the World Series. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a great matchup, great storylines, because, you know, the Cubs go out and get Quintana uh, at the trade deadline, and it's really that, that jump start they needed after the All-Star break. Um, he was a big reason why, and they they got him for, for moments like this in the playoffs when they need him to pitch in a big game. So then you look at the other side, and best pitcher in baseball, Clayton Kershaw, on the mound against the Cubs, arguably one of their best pitchers during this playoffs going to be awesome. I'm excited. I, th- I think the Cubs can make this a series. You know, they're down 3-1 um, last year, down 3-1. I don't know what the matchups are looking like the rest of the series uh, after tonight, but I I wouldn't put it past wouldn't put it past the Cubs. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they can do. The offense has been a huge issue. They've kind of just disappeared um, throughout this series. You've had Rizzo not hitting as well, Chris Bryant. Uh, Javier Baez was 0 for postseason before last night when he hit two home runs. Those were his first two hits the entire October. So uh, getting him going is going to be major, major key for them as the series progresses, if he can continue to hit like he did last postseason when he was the NLCS MVP. I mean, he could be a huge component to the, this team's success. It'll be interesting to you know, see, can they stave off elimination? And, you, you know, you, you'd think Cubs are down 3-0 and... It's kind of closing the book on them, but after what we saw with them last year, the magical run that they had, some improbable comebacks, um, I wouldn't put it past them to complete this comeback. While I don't think it's likely, I definitely think it's a possibility. Yeah, the way the Dodgers play, have played all season, they've been on these hot streaks, and then they hit an extremely cold streak. So, um, you never know. I mean, at one point they won, what, 46 of 51 games, and then they lose 12 of 13. So, uh, this is a very hot and cold team. And if the Cubs are going to come back against anyone, it's going to be the Dodgers. Yeah, Dodgers had some hot and cold stretches of their own this year. Went through that insane run uh, midway through the season, then had the post the cover of Sports Illustrated declaring them the next um, World Series champs. Uh, had that huge slump afterward, but they only won two games, and I think it was 21 contests. So um, overall, they've been a bit of a streaky team themselves. But with just how complete this team is, you know, it's the team that we thought we'd be seeing in the World Series from the beginning of the postseason. So uh, Cubs have a tall task ahead of them, starting with Clayton Kershaw. But, you know, if you can beat Kershaw, you can beat the rest of that rotation. So it'll be interesting to see what the Cubs do in this series. Yeah. Uh, well, I know we're, we'll talk more about that later, but um, let's get into our topics today. Yeah. Masahiro Tanaka. Uh, was something I really wanted to talk about today, someone. Um, if you're not familiar with his background, from Japan, um, signed with the Yankees when he was 25, signed a seven-year, $155 million deal, has an opt-out after this season, 
um, and in full no trade clause. So he had all the power there. In his last season in Japan, he went 24-0 with a 1-2-7 ERA and 83, 183 strikeouts uh, with the Rakuten Golden Eagles. Since then, he's had some injury trouble, had a big elbow issue, and decided not to get Tommy John. That was uh, the end of 2014. Partially, partially torn UCL. Exactly. And he decided to rehab it and avoid surgery. Dealt with some injuries uh, in 2015. He had two DL stints in 2015 for his forearm. Um, and then had a one DL stint this year with some shoulder issues, um, but was able to come back from that. Had good numbers in 2014, finished uh, top five in Rookie of the Year voting. In 2016, he finished top seven in Cy Young. But then this year, had worst year of his career, 4.74 ERA, career highs in hit, home run, and walk ratios, uh, plus the two DL stints, so um, or the one DL stint. But since the postseason started, he's really been able to turn it on. He's allowed just two runs, seven hits, and two walks across 20 innings. In the ALDS, he got the momentum back, being down 2-0, came in for that Game 3 start, uh, pitched a hell of a game. Uh, ALCS, he lost a duel with Dallas Keuchel, who had, before last night has owned the Yankees in their career, So in his career. So that was tall task for them. And then puts them, New York ahead 3-2 in Game 5, giving them you know, the edge, putting them one game away from moving on to the World Series. So he's been a major key for them. Kevin, what have you seen out of him this postseason, and what's what do you think? why do you think he's running into such success? Honestly, I think this whole Yankees team is just feeding off each other. I mean, when they were down 2 nothing, there was a sense of, you know, this series is probably over, probably seeing an Astros-Dodgers World Series. But, you know, they've rallied. Each player on the team has started to play better. And I think Tanaka has just fed off of that. I mean, he's before the series, he's actually pitching pretty well too. So, you know, seven innings without allowing an earned run. But this this series, 13 innings pitched and two earned runs. So he's pitched well all the playoffs. But, you know, I think everyone's kind of feeding off, especially, you know, we'll talk probably talk about Aaron Judge later. But Aaron Judge has really come around this series. Um, he's really come up in big situations and got key hits for the Yankees. So... You know, I think I think this whole team is just feeding off each other, and I think this is why they're really making this comeback, um, and, they, and they might be World Series bound because of it. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned before that a big issue that we saw with the Yankees was their rotation, and how we didn't think it was deep enough to hold off in the postseason. But with Tanaka developing into an ace, Severino bouncing back from that rough start uh, in the wild card game, and CeCe Sabathia taking a page out of Father Time's book and just somehow able to you know show up in the postseason while he was dependable in the regular season has some injury trouble but wasn't you know vintage cc but so far in the postseason he has been he's putting them in a chance to win every single start and you know with the, those three as a top three of a rotation pitching as well as they have this is a dangerous yankees team i mean going back to tanaka the biggest reason i think he's really turn things on is he's cut down his fastball usage. Now his fastball tops are out around 96, but average is about 93. Um, but he's more of a finesse guy. He's got a slider and splitter, absolutely filthy. And he's been relying on that more over the past two months or so. And it's really starting to uh, come around for him in this postseason. And then with Severino and Cici as well, I mean, that's just a scary rotation all around. Yeah, they've really dominated the Astros in this series pitching-wise. Uh, in the series, as a team, the Yankees have a 1.5 ERA, and the Astros have a 4.5 ERA. Uh, I know we talked about earlier in this, uh, when we were previewing this series, we talked about the big key being the bullpen. And 
you saw it in game in game four when the Astros had a four nothing lead. They went to their bullpen and gave up six runs, ended up losing the game. The series got tied up. All the momentum shifted in the Yankees' direction. The bullpen is really proving to be a key for the Yankees. I think with Batantis and Chapman and Chad Green and some of those other guys back there at the back end of that bullpen, it's just been terrific. They, they've pitched so much better than the Astros, and, and that's why they're up 3-2 in the series. Yeah, Tommy Conley has been huge for them. Um, hasn't allowed a run in three appearances, five innings, just two hits, two walks, and three strikeouts. Um, most used pitcher on the team. Chad Green as well, after um, having a rough ALDS, has bounced back to have a good um, ALCS here. And Adam Warren came in two innings the other day. So, I mean, while Chapman and Batances actually haven't had great numbers, Chapman's given up um, one run in a one and a third innings. Batances has had one appearance. He couldn't get an out, gave up a run, has an infinite ERA. So while Chapman and Batances haven't been vintage, everybody else has stepped up to make this pitching staff, like you said, a one four five ERA in this series. Absolutely filthy. And, I mean, we didn't even mention Sonny Gray, who made a start five innings, only gave up one run or one earned run, two one unearned, four strikeouts and two walks. So great start for him there. This is pitching staff is doesn't look anything like the pitching staff that we saw this year. I mean the bullpen was dangerous, but it struggled at times. The rotation had a lot of question marks, but it seems like everything's trending in the right direction for New York, and there's no reason to think that they can't overpower Houston and win this series. Yeah, definitely. And then you didn't even mention the Houston Astros bullpen. I mean you look at the ERAs up and down there. Chris Davinsky, which you knew they were going to look towards him in this series, and a 13.5 ERA, uh, one earned in, in two-thirds of an inning in the whole series. Ken Giles has disappointed. Uh, big reason they lost game four. He has, he's allowed three earned in two innings uh, with a 13.5 ERA as well. And Will Harris, uh, another great reliever they have, a 6.75 ERA, uh, one earned in one and a third innings on the mound. So, you know, it, that's, that's the big difference for me in this series has been the bullpen. Uh, both teams, you know, the Astros hit well in the first two games. The Yankees have hit better in the last three. So kind of even, uh, hot and cold for the for the lineups. But it's been consistently bad in the in the bullpen for the Astros and consistently good in the bullpen for the Yankees. So, um, you know, there's a reason the Yankees have a 3-2 lead. It's because of their bullpen um, and, and because of some, some key hits from some key players um, in key situations. So... I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Yankees in the World Series. I know that's not a surprising pick considering they're up 3-2, but uh, they still got to win a game in Houston. That's not going to be easy. And Justin Verlander will be on the mound. And Yep, and they got to face Justin Verlander, who's who's pitched terrifically this postseason. So, uh, oh, actually, a one ERA in the series, nine innings, uh, only allowing one earned with 13 strikeouts to only one walk. So One of the greatest Verlander starts probably in his career. Yep, so, you know, it's going to be tough for the Yankees, but... They've set themselves up and put themselves into a good situation considering they were down 0-2 in the series. Yeah, I think this is, you know, vintage New York. Uh, Yankees have been kind of an underdog team. We've talked about before they rebuilt, had that mini rebuild last year. Look what it's done for them, paid dividends. They have Chapman now um, as that ninth inning guy, even if he hasn't, you know, been what they were hoping he'd be. But... Overall, this team, it's just stacked. I mean, you look at the offense, too, that we haven't even really gotten into. Greg Berg somehow coming alive with a three oh eight batting average in the series. And then uh, Chase Headley having himself a hell of a series. Five hits and 11 at-bats with an RBI. I mean, 
up and down this lineup, Aaron Judge, obviously, as you mentioned, hitting 313, already has a pair of homers. This is a team that, you know, when one guy's cold, there's going to be another guy hitting well. Todd Frazier's been a spark plug for them as well. Um, Brett Gardner, who was hitting really well in the ALDS, not hitting well now. Um, Aaron Hicks hasn't been that great. But I don't know. This is just this a team that, you know, anyone that plays for New York for an extended amount of time is going to be a big name. Uh, so while you might not think of D.D. Gregorius, Chase Headley, um, Todd Frazier as names that really pop off the page, they are you know big key components of this team, and they've run into a lot of success in this postseason, and it's no surprise that they're in the position they are with Houston. Even though Houston was the favorite, I personally thought that Houston was the better team, and they I think they can very well so much win this series. I think they're going to need to pick up their hitting a little bit, which we'll get up into later, but uh, New York has just been absolutely impressive and I did not see this coming at all yeah and like I said uh some key hits from some key contributors you look at Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge together sure they only have seven hits and 34 at bats in the series but they actually have combined for three home runs and 11 RBIs so they're a huge reason why the Yankees have a 3-2 lead uh Judge was was god awful earlier in this series uh, I'm pretty sure at one point he was one for 19 0 for 18 something Somewhere in that range, and you know he's kind of come alive with two home runs and six RBIs now. So uh, definitely exciting. Uh, it's good for the game of baseball also to have Aaron Judge out there playing well in the playoffs. Just like it's good for Justin Verlander and guys like that. It's it's awesome to see these big superstars really show up in the playoffs because you know there, there's some other players that just didn't show up, like AKA the whole Indians team. Yeah, I know and that was that was pretty surprising in itself. I wasn't expecting to see that at all. Now on. The Astros side of things, the offense has been non-existent. I mean, Jose Altuve, his batting average is 278, which by Jose Altuve standards is pretty abysmal. Um, Carlos Correa hitting 263, and Cameron Maben hitting 333, but I mean, he's only played in one game. So uh, the rest of the lineup has been dreadful. I mean, 118 from Alex Bed- Bregman, uh, Carlos Beltran 083. Evan Gaddis hasn't gotten a hit in the series. Marwin Gonzalez hitting 133. I mean, you go up and down this list. Brian McCann, Josh Reddick are both hitless. And George Springer, surprising enough, hitting 111. This is a team that was considered the best offense in baseball coming into the postseason. And that's kind of what they've relied on all season. We knew that the pitching staff wasn't going to be super deep. But we saw Charlie Morton get blown up um, two games ago. So... This is a team that, that, like I said, really relies on that offense. And when it's not clicking, they're in a lot of dangerous territory. And if they're going to stave off New York and somehow come back in this series, they're going to need to start hitting. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not going to be easy to turn around when these guys get into slumps. Um, it's it's never easy to turn around. But as a team, you know, they're hitting 147, uh, 234 on base, 213 slugging. So like, even when they're getting hits, they're singles. They're not. They're not hitting the ball out of the ballpark. One home run in the series. Which is why which is why they're struggling. You know, this team has all season they were successful because they, they were able to hit the home run. And in this series, you know, they have one home run compared to the Yankees five. So I I don't know I'm kinda I'm very surprised with how this lineup has performed because you know there's they went out and got Carlos Beltran this offseason for a veteran presence, a guy who's been there, done that in the playoffs. And he has an 083 batting average with one hit and 12 at bats. They're going to need more from some of these guys. They're they're going to need more from Jose Altuve, more from George Springer, and more from uh, Bregman and Correa. And 
you know, I mean, you you go up and down this lineup, and they, they have a bunch of great bats, and it's just they're all not hitting at the same time. And it's unfortunate because it's cost them three straight games. Um, and now that they're down 3-2, who knows where that confidence is at. So I I don't know. I If they can't if they can't turn around, this series is over. But um, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, five players that are on their playoff roster had at least 18 home runs this season. So the fact that they've only hit one homer in this series is just really concerning. I mean, that's something that they've kind of relied on all year. We talked about the, the Red Sox before and how they were a small ball hitting team. And, you know, even if, you know, the wind was blowing in, they weren't in a lot of trouble offensively because, you know, they, they weren't hitting for that. But this is not a team that hits a lot of singles. So, you know, they're, they're on base. They rely more on their slugging percentage than their on base percentage to score runs. And when that slugging percentage, which is lower than their on base right now, um, is down, they're in serious trouble. And it, it's pretty obvious that New York's pitching has been something that they weren't expecting. I mean, going into the series, you didn't expect Severino, Tanaka, CC to really pitch the way they have. Um, so they've been baffled on multiple fronts from them. Um, and like you said, the bullpen's been ridiculous too. But that's really no excuse. This is this is a very good offensive team, and for them to be in such a such a deep slump is really concerning. Yeah, and I don't care how well Justin Verlander pitches; they have to score some runs. I mean, eight runs in five games. They're not going to win ma- very many games when you do that. So. They're going to need more of this lineup, um, and I'm sure Justin Verlander is kind of nervous to go out there. That lineup hitting the way they are, feeling like he's got to be Superman. Uh, who knows if that affects him on the mound? Yeah, we'll see um, who the Astros go with in a Game 7 if Verlander does get that win. Obviously, they need to take things one game at a time, but as of right now, they don't have anybody lined up for that game, so we'll see. CC Zabathia will be pitching Game 7 if there is one. The Yankees already announced, so they'll have Severino to deal with um, tonight and CC tomorrow. But Maybe uh, McCullers or Charlie Morton? Yeah, I don't know if they'd go with Morton again. Um, we might see Brad Peacock. Um, maybe McCullers, but I'm not sure what McCullers' rest situation is like right now. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't be ready um, just off the top of my head, but um, they might have to go with Peacock, which would definitely put them in a, a tough position, having to face CC, who's only been ridiculous. In, uh, third this, supposed, exactly. This too, so. so he's definitely fresh enough. He's um, fresh, but he hasn't pitched. He hasn't pitched long, mm-hmm. uh, long term like a pitcher since. Did he even get a start in the ALDS? Uh, I don't believe so. So he hasn't started a game since the regular season. So that's that's also tough too. Yeah, that, we'll see. And that puts a strain, you know, if he can't go. More than four or five innings, that puts a strain on a bullpen that's not pitching well. So uh, they're at a huge disadvantage in Game 7. So we'll see. Absolutely. It's just Astros pitching staff in general is a big concern. Kevin and I mentioned the trade deadline that we thought they should have gone after two pitchers. At the time, they didn't go after anybody. So that was a bit concerning. But um, overall, this is a team that, like we said, relies on its offense. And when it's not clicking, they're in huge trouble. And right now, it's not looking good for them. Yeah. Now, on the National League side of things, Cubs did not look to be in good shape either. They were down 3-0 going into yesterday's game before Javier Baez and Jake Garrieta combined to give them the series lead, or not series lead, but get that first win. They're down 3-1 now, have to win three straight in order to move on and not end their season. Kevin, do you think it's possible? I think it's possible. I mean, there's, there's some magic with some of these guys on this roster after what they did last year. Um, they they had kind of have that been there done that 
mentality. But when you're hitting 163 in the series, it, it's hard to come back. I mean, they need to turn around. They turned around yesterday with uh, Wilson Contreras hit a 491-foot home run. That was insane. I don't know if you saw it. He hit it off the scoreboard mm-hmm. at Wrigley. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they also got the help from Javier Baez. So, I mean, while they did win yesterday's game, they still haven't showed me that they can put together a great offensive game because they only scored three runs yesterday. They've only scored six runs in four games. Um, so, I mean, just like last night, they got enough to win the game. But when a guy like Arietta goes out there and gives you the performance like that, you're, you're going to need to score more than three runs. You're going to need to help him out a little bit more than that. And, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. But if they can turn around their lineup a little bit, I think they got a shot. Yeah, I mean, their lineup has been off and on all year. Uh, the thing was, though, was Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo were kind of just those constants. And Wilson Contreras as well. Everybody else had up and down seasons offensively. But, I mean, Contreras hitting 214. Uh, Rizzo, 077. Chris Bryant, 188. I mean, that's... Like we same thing with the Astros, their team that relies on their power on their star players. Um, and while the two stars on the Astros are hitting, nobody on the Cubs is hitting. I mean, Alex Avila one for one with a thousand batting average, right? The next closest in batting average for the whole series are three players. Okay, Jake Arrieta, John Lester, and Jose Quintana. Three pitchers who each have had two at bats in the series and are one for two. The rest of the team. That. Nobody four, has two higher four, than 250. 250 is the highest. Yeah, Albert Almora is the only one who, who has I've a, been impressed with this playoffs. He's, you know, he's really showed up. Um, young guy. He was, a, he was a top prospect last year. Well, when Dexter Fowler moved on to uh, St. Louis, he was looked at as the guy that you know could step in. I'd played limited time before that, but nobody was really sure what they were going to get out of him. There were not necessarily high expectations for him. But, I mean, he hit 298 this year, had 46 RBIs in 132 games. So, had a solid year for him. Um, something to build off of, for sure. Has, you know, when you're finally put on the stage like this and, you know, have a few hits. He has a homer in the series, three hits and a double. So, he's definitely taken advantage of that platform. But it's the rest of the team that really hasn't been hitting, and that's that's pretty concerning for the Cubs. Yeah, I think... I think the key is going to come down to pitching. Um, neither team's really hitting right now. Uh, the Dodgers are hitting 217, and, uh, and the, like I said, the Cubs are hitting 163. So it's going to come down to pitching matchups. Um, who's the matchup for game for game five? Um, that is going to be Kershaw and Quintana oh, yeah, uh, for that. game four. Yeah, five tonight. Um, and if there is... Another game, neither team has announced who they're going to be starting. So um, we'll have to wait and see who they go with. The Cubs have not really gotten a lot of luck out of their pitching. Arietta obviously had a great start, but Hendricks did not do well. Lackey blew up. Um, if Lester can go, he would be the, the most optimal choice. But they're going to be leaning hard on Quintana uh, in this series. So we'll see what they can do. I think the bullpen has been a bit of an issue as well. Uh, Mike Montgomery has been a big problem. Hector Rondon didn't have a great appearance. So overall, Carl Edwards, though, has turned things around since the NLDS. Yeah, definitely. You know, two and a third, uh, four strikeouts, hasn't given up an earned run. And, you know, after the after the National Series, you thought, you know, maybe he'd go mental, not pitch well the rest of the playoffs. But he's found a way to turn around. And you know Joe Madden's going to lean on him because he's at, he had a terrific year this year, uh, 66 in the third innings. Uh, 1.01 whip and a 2.980 ERA. Can't ask for much more. 
uh, kind of a skinny guy on the mound. He looks tiny on the mound, but he throws really hard. It, it's good to see. Um, but they're they're going to need to lean on Wade Davis too because they're making some close games. Uh, if they're going to want to win this series, he's probably going to have to close out two or three of those games. And he's after going with, two innings yesterday, you're not yeah. sure if he'll be available tonight. And he gave up a run yesterday, three walks. So you know they're they're going to have to lean heavily on their bullpen, uh, especially if some of these starters have to come off short rest to pitch. So I don't know. You know, it's it's just like when the when the Yankees were down two nothing. I really was like, oh, this series is over. And even when it was 2-2, I was like, oh, the Astros are still going to win it. And I feel like when I doubt teams, they go out and prove me wrong. So maybe if I doubt the Cubs, they'll end up winning this series. Yeah, we'll see. On the Dodgers side of things, though, their biggest X factor has got to be Justin Turner hitting three eighty five in the series. His OPS in his career is over in 1,000 um, during the postseason. Had that huge ninth walk-off home run in Game 4 um, to seal the victory for Los Angeles. Kevin, is he the new Mr. October? Yeah, I mean, he, he's been terrific. I'm, this guy, halfway through the season, people were talking about him for MVP. And, you know, he's really turning around. He's really, he kind of struggled a little bit more in the second half. But come playoff time, he's he showed up to play. And he's a big reason why this Dodgers team is up 3-1 in prime position to go to the World Series. Um, you know, and it's awesome. He, the guy's got a lot of swagger. He's got the big red beard. And it's awesome to see. I, I like Justin Turner. Yeah, he got non-tendered by the Mets after the 2013 season. Dodgers picked him up, and he's just been a different player for them ever since. I mean, his OPS with the Dodgers is at 881. Career with the Mets, it was 696. So that's just incredible to think about of how he's just managed to turn things around. It seems like when players leave the Mets, they tend to do a lot better. You look at Daniel Murphy as well, um, to just another example of a former star I mean, other moving than on. Murphy postseason. Well, yeah, they had the World Series. That was when he, you know, figured everything out, and they didn't believe in him and let him go. Justin Turner. I mean, in Turner's last season with the Mets, eighty-six games, he hit two eighty. So it wasn't like he had a bad season. Was about um, an average player, a hundred OPS plus. Um, He also said he, uh, when he changed from the, when he went over the Dodgers after playing for the Mets, he added in that leg kick, that leg kick that he has now. He said it's really helped him with his timing and adds a little more power to his back. Because you know the power numbers have gone up. As well, um, as well as with the OPS, so mm-hmm. it, it's awesome to see a, a like a comeback story like that, where a guy doesn't really perform for a team, uh, kind of like you said, like with Daniel Murphy, a uh, player that really doesn't perform for a team, and then kind of turns around his career, and you know now he's he signed a five-year contract this offseason with the Dodgers, worth what eighty million? Four years, uh, sixty-four million. So you know the guy's made made his worth, and it's great to see that he's. A main contributor on this Dodgers team that's up three one on the Cubs. Yeah, he's finally getting paid, very well deserved. I mean, he's been a spark plug for them. Solid defender, not great, but um, good enough. Where his offense has absolutely made him a good, a great player for them. Um, a three hundred career hitter in L.A. Um, he's, I mean, this is the guy, one of those players that you know, legend in the making, uh, with how he's been playing. And if the Dodgers do go on to win the World Series, which whoever they face in the American League. I think the Dodgers are going to pull this out. I don't think the Cubs. I think it's possible the Cubs can do it, but I mean, from down 3-0, it's pretty improbable. I don't. It's not too often that the Dodgers lose four in a row. So uh, I think they're going to be year. moving on. They lost 12 in a row. They, they, did, they did lose 12 in a row. Um, they had the the down stretch, and I was saying that the Diamondbacks at the time were the better team in the NL West. That was my hot take, and while I've been proven wrong, I do think that the Dodgers 
um, have proven me wrong enough to show me that they are a team to force to be reckoned with. They're the best team in baseball. And I think if they get past the Cubs in this round, whoever they face in the American League uh, for the World Series, the Dodgers are going to be winning it. Yeah, you know, and, and also another big reason why we're, we're just talking about Justin Turner. But you, Darvish, has been terrific for them. Uh, in the playoffs this year, he's pitched 11 and a third innings. He only gave up two earned, 14 strikeouts to one walk. He, They went out and got him at the deadline, and it was one of those last-second deals. You know, the deadline hit, and everyone's like, oh, you Darvish is staying put. Even you Darvish thought he was staying put in Texas. And then Ken Rosenthal comes out and reports it, and there's a sense of, you know, this Dodgers team went out, and they're going all in. They're going for that World Series. And this is the guy they needed, and they got him, and he's pitching exactly what they like they needed him to. So it's great to see him really perform uh, as that number two behind Kershaw. Uh, it, it's awesome. You know, he, he's had some experience before, but back in, in 2016, the ALDS with the Rangers, he gave up five earned in five innings. And then, so he's given up seven earned in 11 and two-thirds before this postseason, and this postseason only two earned in 11 and a third. So he's really figured it out, um, and it, it's it's scary to think about if, if Kershaw can turn it around for the World Series. Them two starting game one and game two of the World Series, I would not want to be playing the Dodgers right now. Yeah, I know, and you're not even talking about Rich Hill, yep. who's had a great series as well. Uh, got roughed up a little bit in the NLDS um, against Arizona, but in his last start, five innings, gave up just one run, eight strikeouts, had a great start. Um, they signed him over the offseason to a three-year deal worth $48 million, so he's in the first year of that deal and proving every bit that it was worth it. I mean, he's an older player. He's 37 this year, um, not really you know, in this prime anymore, but has able to reconstruct his career. He's one of, one of the most odd careers you'll ever see, kind of bounce back and forth between um, being a starter and a reliever. Um, was a starter early on, and then uh, kind of didn't start a game from 2010 until 2015. Um, was solely a reliever. Had some great years. I mean, with Boston in 2012, had a 1.83 ERA. Well, only pitched 20 innings that year, but um, had some solid seasons along the way as a reliever. But kind of reconstructed himself back as a starter, and it's really paying off for the Dodgers. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was kind of a risk too because he's had that blister issue, which it's one of the worst injuries in baseball because he's not really hurt. He just has a blister. He's not able to pitch, but his arm's fine. He's mentally fine. His body's fine except for the blister, and it's just it's awful because, you know, I saw um, last year he missed almost two months uh, due to those blisters. So it, it's awesome to see him. It's, all, it's always awesome to see these guys that really never figured it out. A uh, player that really comes to mind for me is Ari Dickey. He – you know, earlier in his career, was throwing like 90-something miles per hour and then never really figured it out, changed the knuckleball, and ended up being a Cy Young Award winner. So those comeback stories are also always nice. And, and Rich Hill is not just a comeback story, but he's a big reason why the Dodgers um, are going, are maybe going to the World Series. Who's your pick right now if you had to pick one of the four teams won the World Series? I'd probably have to go with the Dodgers. I think they're just – they're. They're firing on all cylinders. Um, they might they need to hit a little bit better, but I would if I had to put money on, I'd put money on the Dodgers. But I would not be surprised to see the Yankees. They're they've been on fire the last three games. Um, definitely scaring uh, all baseball fans out there. Really showing them that they they have they're they're just they have a ton of momentum and it's it's scary. So 
And Girardi's been there before, too. Yeah, Girardi's been there, done that. Definitely a top-five manager in the game. We talked about that in an earlier episode. But I would have to bet on the Dodgers, but I would not be surprised to see the Yankees. Do you think it's going to be Yankees-Dodgers in the World Series? Yeah, I think it's going to be tough with, with the Astros situation. Uh, that Even if they can get a win with Verlander in Game 6, you go to Game 7, like you said, Brad Peacock, and then the bullpen being kind of shoddy this offseason, or this postseason, so... Yeah, I think it's gonna be Yankees Dodgers. I think it's just it's gonna be hard for the Astros to win that series, and then the Cubs they just have such an uphill climb. And they're not hitting very well. It, yeah, Yankees, Yankees Dodgers. Yeah, well, both are gonna be interesting series to watch. Um, with that Cubs game going tonight um, against the Dodgers, starting at eight o'clock on TBS, looking to hold off the Dodgers and keep their season alive. Quintana Kershaw. And then tomorrow we'll have Severino and Verlander also at eight. That'll be on Fox Talk Sports One. Talk about two pitching matchups right there. I know Severino definitely turning it around. Um, actually, didn't he average the highest fastball velocity in baseball this year? I believe so. That's, yeah, that's exciting. Verlander uh, and Severino, and then like I like I talked about the excitement behind the Quintana Kershaw matchup tonight. It's gonna be awesome. Yep, October is where aces thrive. So. We will see, or not, who, or not but um, we will see if Kershaw can turn his fortune around. Quintana can build off of his last encouraging start and keep this Cubs season alive. That's going to wrap us up uh, for this week. Kevin, thank you for coming on. Uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Visitors Bullpen and follow us our Pure Sports Network on Twitter as well at Pure Sports Net. Guys, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys.